Hello everyone, Terry Wilbrock here, host of the Healing Place podcast. Just a quick little message before we get to today's wonderful episode, uh, another in the Healers of Hilton Head series. I had a whirlwind, gosh, less than 72 hour trip. We drove 10 hours uh, from South Carolina to Ohio for my mom's funeral and I did an impromptu I didn't write it out, eulogy for her, Um, just speaking from the heart. I figure I do this podcast and speak from the heart. I can do my mom's eulogy speaking from the heart. So uh, that was this past Monday, March 27th, and um, came back home the following day, left at 4.52 a.m., got home. So uh, yeah, I'm still in that state of grief where uh, I'm, I'm just at peace with my mom's transition. Um, she had wanted to leave for a long, long time. And um, watching her light slowly expire while I was in the hospice with her for those two weeks, um, it was really a gift when she died on my birthday and to see that smile and just radiating from not just her face but every pore of her being uh, that she she was walking into joy and glory and beauty so I've, I've just been at peace with it um, I miss her terribly but I have lots of videos of her and recordings of her voice and I've saved a lot of voicemails and <laughs> yeah and she's she's still with me I feel her presence she's with me so all right today's episode is a wonderful conversation um, on equine therapy um, so enjoy thanks Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, and very excited to have with me today Bob Lee, and he is Executive Director of Heroes on Horseback, which is in the Bluffton, South Carolina area here near Hilton Head, and uh, that is equine therapy. And just as a reminder to all of you tuning in, even if you aren't living in the Hilton Head, low country area, this special series called The Healers of Hilton Head is really designed to shine a light on those working in the healing arena uh, in this small little community. And so look within your own community, no matter where you're listening around the world. Uh, The show is now in 124 countries. So yes, if you're in New Zealand, if you're in Indonesia, if you're in Turkey, wherever you are, look within your own community uh, for, for the healers, for those doing the work to help others along their journey. So with that said, Welcome, Bob. Yeah, good morning. I'm super thrilled to learn about this beautiful work you're doing. I popped on on the website and watched the YouTube video. And uh, yeah, so talk to us about uh, your mission at Heroes on Horseback. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, Heroes on Horseback has been around for about uh, 21, 22 years now. And um, our, our uh, target audience are special needs community. Um, whether whether it's a physical disability, an emotional disability, a mental disability, whether you're a child, whether you're an adult, um, we we try to service uh, everybody by using the power of the horse um, 
to help with that challenge that you're you're dealing with. Um, as I said, we've been around for a little over 20 years, and we're a member of an organization called PATH International. It's interesting that you mentioned that you're all over the world because actually equine therapy is also all over the world. It's not something that's just American. In fact, it actually came, I believe, originally from Mongolia um, many, many years ago. So it, it's, it's actually something that uh, our country picked up from another country. Um, but we're a member of PATH International, which is sort of the um, umbrella organization that helps to train and certify organizations that want to participate in equine therapy. Uh, they're headquartered in Denver, Colorado. There's around eight to 900 member centers all over the world. So we're one of their member centers and they have different levels of accreditation. Um, their highest level of accreditation is something called the premier accreditation, which is the accreditation that we hold and have held for a little over 15 years. Um, you have to sort of re up every five years and they come out and they do a very intensive um, look at your programs, your facilities, the safety measures, your volunteer training, your horse training, everything from soup to nuts to get you that level of accreditation. That's important to us because we want to have that separate set of eyes that look at everything that we do to make sure that we're doing it appropriately, that we're not taking any chances to impart more harm on somebody that you're actually trying to serve. And then we use um, a lot of horses and a lot of volunteers to help uh, deliver our equine therapy to our special needs community. Um, our program is broken up into a couple of different uh, sub-programs. One is our uh, children's program. And what we do is through the Special Olympics program in our community, which is uh, Buford and Jasper counties, we actually um, provide equine therapy and Special Olympics equestrian uh, competition to the special needs um, classes in Buford County School District and in the Jasper County School District. And by having that association with the school district, they count this as a sport within their, their schools. And then they bust the kids out to our facility. They come out three to four days a week, depending on how that session is running for approximately six to seven weeks each session. And those kids come out, they're at our facility for about half the day. And um, we break their program up into thirds. Uh, we do one third of equine on horseback riding, uh, one third ground lessons, and one third, believe it or not, um, equine inspired arts and crafts. And then every hour, those students rotate so that by the time they leave our facility on that day, they've participated in each one of those thirds of that, that program. And That's beautiful. What now I have to ask real quick, what sure. you said the second one was what ground? Uh, ground lessons. Yeah, we actually work with, we do sort of a natural horsemanship um, with the students on the ground, but working with a horse so that they get to learn basically about how that horse thinks and how it works and we, we um because i think when you understand anything uh like horse horses then you become an, a more effective equestrian when you're riding on top of that horse i mean you've got these um kids that are they're controlling a 1200 pound animal and so we want to make sure they understand as much as we can um make them understand as much as they are able to absorb because they become better equestrians when they're actually riding horseback. Um, so each one of those thirds they're involved in, 
And then we use a lot of volunteers in our program. We have um, on our registers right now, we have about 250 um, volunteers. We use anywhere from 50 to 70 volunteers in any given seven week session. And if um, what I love about the Special Olympics program is you're able to participate and compete at whatever level you're able to, to do it at. So whether you're an accomplished equestrian or, you, or you're just starting and to barely center yourself on a horse and hold yourself up, there's a place for you within that um, within the Special Olympics um, organization. And um, so we deal with all kinds of um, athletes when they come out from the school districts. Um, and a lot of them, they have to have a horse leader who's controlling the horse and then two sidewalkers to make sure that that rider is centered and won't fall off. Or if it does fall, that person does fall off, that they're sort of their, their fall is, is broken. Like they're not going to hit the ground. And um, all the way up to where we have um, uh, students just ride on their own. And, um, and then everything in between. And that's what's great about that uh, organization and about that program. It's, there's really a, um, there's not very many ways that you're excluded from participating in the program. The only exclusion that we do have, and it's an unfortunate um, exclusion, is we do have weight limitations because um, of the capacity of a horse to carry the, the weight of a rider and also for the capacity of our volunteers to hold that rider up on horseback to prevent that rider from uh, falling. The one thing we don't ever want to do is we don't ever want to cause harm to our participants or to our volunteers. And uh, I would say probably 90% of our volunteers are retired. So we're also getting into that age range where we can be hurt easily as well. It's not like having a 20-year-old that can uh, throw yourself under a falling rider. But uh, So we, we, we do have that weight restriction. But other than that, um, there's a place for you within the program in the school districts. So that's one program that we deal with. And that's probably about 75% of our program. We have another program, um, and it's our disabled military program. And we use military and not veteran because you can still be active duty and participate in our program. Uh, most of the people that, that uh, participate in that program suffer from some form of post-traumatic stress from something that they experienced in their military careers. And um, we group with that also emergency responders because also when you're in that front line dealing with um, emergencies, you can also suffer from post-traumatic or become a victim uh, when you're trying to help victims and whatever their, their issues are. And so uh, that's another part of our program. And then we have another program called uh, Silver Saddles. And it's really for any other adult that um, has a, um, a diagnosed um, challenge that they're dealing with, whether it's, like I said, physical, emotional, or mental. And um, so we pretty much try to cover everybody from the ages of about three to about 90, if we can get them in there. And uh, that, that makes it um, special. A lot of programs like this uh, only deal with school-aged children, maybe up until 18 or 21. But, you know, when, when you're dealing with special needs, it doesn't stop just because you turn the magic age of 21. And so we want to make sure that our program serves people well beyond that as well. Yes, what a what a beautiful gift, and I agree. I just think it's amazing that you've connected and in, in working, um, coinciding with with the school districts. What a great idea to to offer that service to to kiddos who, yeah, are looking for a sport to be involved in. That's wonderful. 
It is. You know, it's uh, what I find. I've been working in the nonprofit field. I'm actually retired um, manufacturer. I ran a manufacturing facility in Savannah and thought I could retire at a rather a relatively young age. And my wife kicked me out of the house after a month and said, you need to find something to do. You're driving me crazy. So that's how I actually found Heroes on Horseback. But um, there are, especially in Beaufort County, there are so many uh, nonprofits that, and, and really worldwide, that if we don't find ways to work with each other, then we become competitors. And there's not enough out there to compete with each other. So we are constantly finding ways to collaborate with other organizations to see if there isn't a way for both organizations to deliver their missions and do it in a smarter, less expensive, uh, more beneficial way. And the school district is one of those collaborative arrangements because we don't have the ability to transport all those kids out to our facility. So the yeah. school district's responsibility is to get the kids to us. Right. Uh, Special Olympics actually does deliver the athletic uh, component of, of the schools uh, to the special needs uh, classes, the self-contained uh, classes. And so we really had three collaborative organizations, Special Olympics, uh, the school district, and Heroes on Horseback to be able to do the horseback riding program. Yeah. And I love that you highlighted the fact of working in, you know, in partnerships with other nonprofits, because I know doing this series, as I reached out and people would give me referral names, I was getting the same names. I was, I was, I was like people knowing one another. And when I spoke to a few different of the healers in this area, they, there's just this, this uh, community of support for one another and helping each other. If if somebody can't help, you know, they'll they'll suggest, oh, you might want to go talk to so and so. And so again, I love that idea, and uh, it's just a beautiful gift to the community. It, you know, you have to do that. Uh, the families of special needs are already dealing with so much. Um, and, and by the way, I should mention that while we do have a um, tuition to, to participate in our program. If you can't afford our services, then we tuition assist. We don't ever want financial issues to be a reason to not try equine therapy. And so my primary job as executive director is to do the fundraising to create the money that goes out there and allows anybody that wants to participate. And 100% of our participants receive some form of uh, financial assistance, and many receive total tuition assistance. I've never turned anybody down because um, we always want this to be an alternative. And the families are already dealing with high medical costs and all these other issues that we don't want to be a burden to them on top of that. We, you know, if people can afford to pay for our services, we like that because that gives us more to spread over the that part of the population that can't afford it. But uh, we've never turned anybody uh, down. So even on the fundraising side, we try to find collaborative um, ways to to work with other organizations. We work with the um, Hilton Head Island Concord Delegance and Motoring Festival, the big car show that you see here every November. We provide volunteers to their event, and then they in turn allow us to apply for the grant, uh, a grant to get us money. So basically, we're we're sort of renting our volunteers to uh, help that organization, and then we get a grant for that. And we love those types of arrangements. Um, our arts program really became a, a major part of our program when we. Um, uh, worked with the Art Center Coastal Carolina. They have an education department there, and the gal that runs that has done a lot in fine arts with special needs. And uh, 
So the Art Center and um, Heroes on Horseback did apply for a joint grant. This is probably eight, nine years ago to fund an equine-inspired arts program that people would want to participate in. And then uh, the gal developed this, and then she trained us how to how to do the program so that it had this self um, this this um, this self way of just we we didn't have to have the art center involved anymore we could do it ourselves yeah and um, so that the program we have now is sort of the the beginning of that program so when we can find ways to work with other organizations to further the missions of both organizations it just makes all the sense in the world oh for sure and to take a little left turn for just a second because i know when i when i first started watching your youtube video on your website this just beautiful brown horse with some some graying on its face. And I got teary-eyed. And I'm so drawn to horses, yet I'm slightly terrified of them because they have big heads and big teeth. And so I remember the first time I ever rode a horse, I was I was so scared. We're on vacation in Tennessee and we we decided to go ride some horses. And so they knew and I told them. And so they put me on this horse named Goober, who was very old and but the sweetest, sweetest soul, like I'm getting teary eyed just thinking about it. Like this mm-hmm. horse just, I don't know, like hugged me with his eyes, with his energy, I, I something. And I was so comfortable. And I, I just remember like loving on this horse so much. So do you find that or help people who might have a fear, who might children, who might adults? <laughs> you know, um, First of all, having a fear is normal. I mean, you've got an animal that's four or five times your size. Um, and so, but I can tell you that especially with special needs kids, they have less of a fear than adults would. Um, and what we try to do, um, I would say, you know, reasonably 85, 90% of the kids that um, come to our program, they don't have that initial fear. It's very easy to get them on horseback and get them working. Um, for those that small percentage that do have an initial fear, I'll, I'll tell you that our instructors and our volunteers have this never say die attitude. We're going to figure out a way to get you past that fear and get you on that horse because that horseback riding part of it is so important. And we actually start those kids off on our horse named Rosie. Rosie is a wooden horse, all right, that we just work with them on the wooden horse first. And and then we work with them on the ground side of this thing, and they can um, work with the horses. And, you know, our therapy horses are very special horses. They go through a rigorous um, a venting, a venting process before we even bring them into the program. And then the, there's a lot of training. And um, that's sort of the magic of equine therapies. Um, equine horses actually do better with special needs challenges than they do with probably the able-bodied population. Um, you know, their horses are a pleaser type of animal. They're out they're, uh, you know, they're, they're always looking for that, that feedback. And our horses almost have a, um, a magical way of being able to associate with a, um, a specially challenged individual. We have one horse, um, Lacey, who's been in our program for a long time. She's probably around 32, 33 years old. We don't use her to ride. We just use her to do ground lessons. But she has always had a reputation for being a nipper. She'll, uh, when you come over to her, she just likes to nip. When I walk over towards the gates, uh, usually I have treats in my pocket, and she'll come over and try to pick my pocket right off the bat. And they're not trying to bite, but you know they're looking for for a, a treat. And yet, 
when you bring her to a child in a wheelchair, her entire disposition changes. Oh. We've got pictures of her laying her head literally down on the lap of a of a, a wheelchair bound child. And then when she leaves and goes working with an adult, she starts nipping them again. So horses <laughs> have this this way of being able to manage their personalities to their um, to their um, audience. But they do the especially the therapy horses do so well with. Um, the special needs uh, population that's what makes it so magical yeah you teared me up I got I like started just thinking of that well and I only say because I told you before we hit record that I have Sammy our, our therapy dog in here with me but Sammy was she and I went through a therapy program together training so that she could volunteer with kids in schools and I saw her work that same magic and so it is it's such a beautiful it was a gift to me to witness it. And so, yeah, I mean, my gosh, just again, when you were saying that, I just, my eyes well up because. It is. I mean, animals just do it. They have a different way of doing business. And um, we don't, I think there's as much that we don't know, especially with equine therapy as we do know. It's a, it's an evolving science. It hasn't had a lot of major medical studies done. Uh, You know, insurance does not cover equine therapy. And yet we get referrals all the time from the VA and from clinical psychologists uh, who say, you know what, we've done enough in the in the office. Let's try something different. And we get those referrals and we uh, we get them those people into our program to try equine therapy. And um, I'm not going to tell you that we have a 100 percent success rate, but it's pretty damn close. I'll tell you, it really is. Yes. Now for someone like me, I have a CPTSD diagnosis, complex PTSD, and, uh, but not a veteran. Could I do your program? Absolutely. Um, Our only requirement, we cannot, and this is because of our mission and actually the way we're insured as well. We can't work with the able-bodied population that doesn't have a diagnosis. But if anybody has a diagnosis um, that is, um, that makes them somehow challenged, they qualify for um, our program. And um, because of that requirement, we have to have a a doctor's certification that says, yes, this person does suffer from this. They know a little bit about our program. And um, we want obviously the primary physician or primary caretakers to know that you're now trying something different. We want, we want everybody involved with the, um, the, the diagnosis to be participating in, because that's the way you do it. You ha- everybody should know what everybody else is doing. And um, and because this is such a, a, a different thing, we also want to help people educate themselves about, you know, what what's a reasonable ex- expectation. Um, and, you know, I can tell you, if we've had um, our, our very first military, our, our veteran um, participant, and this is maybe six or seven years ago, came to us, he was in a not, he was a um, Marine fighter pilot. He was in a non-combat injury that resulted in, in him being in a coma for quite a long time. Wow. And he came out and the uh, doctors basically told his wife, don't expect too much of him. He was wheelchair bound. Um, and uh, to make a long story short, after about six, seven weeks of working with this, I literally was walking to my office on the grounds that day and Mike uh, yelled out my name and he said, hey, Mr. Bob, watch this. He had been walking with a cane for a couple of weeks 
he threw the cane down and walked over towards me. He was wheelchair bound six weeks before this. Um, we had to drive his car right up to the mounting block so that because he was basically dead weight, we had to be able to have a bunch of volunteers sit him on a horse. And um, he suffered from um, symptoms that were very much like stroke, like a stroke victim, where he lost um, the entire use of one side of his body. And uh, by working with our program, um, he really, I mean, he improved tremendously. He's still in our program today. Um, and since all that's happened, he and his wife have had a couple of kids and he's finished his education. And, and so, um, you know, he had other therapies going on at the same time. So I'm not going to say that we were responsible for 100 percent of it, but because you never really know when you're do, doing all these things. But we were the new addition to what he was doing. And um, so it's just nice to see that you can have that kind of an impact positive impact, not just on the person, but their whole family. As well. Yes. Oh my gosh. You tear me up again. Goodness yeah. gracious. So speaking to my heart. Yes. And I'm doing, I know me and my, myself, and we talk a lot about it on the show, uh, brain plasticity and rewiring and in the way that we can create new habits and gratitude and all that stuff. And as you're talking, like, that's what I'm thinking about is that by allowing folks the opportunity to sit on this beautiful creature who's there to to help them and like you said wants to is, is a pleaser wants to do what they can to to help there's just I, I just believe there's a rewiring that's happening that there's Absolutely. something going on in the brain which then affects the body and it's just it's just so powerful well you know it's like whenever you experience success in anything you it, success feeds on success. I mean, you, you, you start to develop that path. And, um, you know, uh, I mentioned that we were very involved with Special Olympics. In 2011, um, the World Games, Special Olympics has World Games every four years like the regular Olympics does. And those games were in Athens, Greece. And there were 11 Americans on Team USA's uh, Special Olympics equestrian team. And two of them came from our program. And these guys were you know native um Buford County residents. Uh I think the furthest they'd ever been out of here was probably to Florida. And we're sending them on a plane to Athens, Greece. And that was during all the strikes and everything that was all the turmoil that was going on over there to participate and compete in the world games. Um, one of our um athletes was selected as team captain for Team USA's equestrian team. And when they were over there, they competed in three events each. They brought back um, either five or six medals, a couple of golds. So they were able to compete internationally at a very high level and actually experience a lot of success. And when they came back, they were able to take that and they were able to do it. They were able to, to work that success into other areas of their, of their lives. And I th think that the way we try to judge ourselves isn't just how successful you are riding a horse at our facility or whether you have an improved psychological outlook. We know you're going to do better when you're there, but how is that impacting you at home, at school, with your employer, you know, other aspects? That's really the test to me of success is are we improving other aspects of your life? We're not just trying to make people, you know, champion equestrians. We want them to be successful in other places. And what we're finding is that this that's exactly what does happen. You become more confident in other aspects of your life. Uh, Rashawn, one of the guys that was the team captain, he came back. 
he works for uh, Hampton Inn. He was voted uh, Employee of the Year for Hampton Inn National a year or two after that he came back. Um, you know, before he went over there and had this success, he was a very shy guy. Now, when I go and I talk about the program, I call Rashawn and say, hey, you want to go talk about the program? Because he can do a much better uh, pitching job than I can on it. We practically have to get the hook to take him off the stage he talks so much. <laughs> so it's, uh, you really see the, the improvement in other aspects of the lives. And I think that's really what we try to measure our success by. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's so beautiful. Again, got me beaming. So I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, gosh, I could sit and talk to you here for quite a while. Um, is there anything else that, that you wanted to talk about that we haven't had an opportunity to, to talk about? You know, we're we're very interested in, in um, teaching people about our program because we're dealing with people's um, sort of medical issues. We are a closed facility whose facility we're not open to the general public. But if people want to learn a little bit about, more about what we do, we're happy to bring um, people out on an appointment basis and actually have them witness a um, a program, what's going on there at the time, whether it's with our military or, or our, our children. And when you see it for the first time and you ha haven't had any experience with it before, it really is eye-opening about the sort of things that can happen. I know, uh, when I first got involved, I wouldn't have known which end of the horse to get on. Uh, I didn't <laughs> know anything about horses. I'm, my background was in finance and manufacturing, nothing to do with horses. And, um, but I was sold the first time I went out and looked at the program uh, and saw what was happening. And so I think seeing is definitely believing, but... Uh, we're willing to share our story and the story of equine therapy to, to anybody. Uh, we are a nonprofit. Um, so obviously um, about 90% of our budget comes from contributed income. We only get about 10% of our budget from where we can charge fees and people pay our fees. So it's very heavily dependent on the generosity uh, of others, but we're willing to, to share the story. And I think when people hear about it, they, they realize this is really something different and special. And this isn't repeated all over the place. This is something unique. Um, and if people have family members that might, uh, that they would like to talk to us about it, we're willing to talk to anybody about it. Um, it's still, a, it's still sort of a, a new kind of therapy. And we're hoping at some point in time that the medical community and the insurance community will recognize this because I can tell you equine therapy is is probably one of the cheapest forms of therapy that you can work with somebody on. And if you're the client, it's really cheap with us because if you can't afford it, we're going to have you come in and try to do it anyway. So we're going to talk to anybody about it. All right. So do people visit then your website if they and That's can they the best thing. If they, yeah. If okay. they contact the website, all of our information is on there. They can give us a call or send us an email or even just uh, we have a, um, a way you can contact through the website. Um, and um, let us know who you are and give us your contact information and then we'll call them back and uh, try to set up either a phone call or a, an appointment to come out and visit. Wonderful. And what's, what is your website? It's um, www.heroesonhorseback, uh, all one word, obviously, .org. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right. Well, it has just been such a joy to have you here. You've had me crying and smiling. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, we like to hear. We like to see people crying when they hear about our. our yes. Life. Oh my gosh. Just beautiful. Like the my biggest complaint I get from people that come out and listen to our story is I don't have a box of Kleenex sitting on the table. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, I can't wait to come out and, and meet the horses and I'm going to make an appointment with you just to witness it all in person. Yeah. And, and yes, have the Kleenex ready because the tears we'll, have, we'll, we'll be ready for you. All right. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Terry Welbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today and remind you to visit my website as well as the academy.terrywellbrock.com for the courses. But if you go to my website, terrywellbrock.com, you can sign up for my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter, which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows. Um, and just a great space for, uh, again, healing. Thanks for, again, being here and being a part of this healing space. I very much appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye.